Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark, your internet radio home for all things champions indoor football. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as well as the director of operations of the CIF, as he brings you the news and notes, as well as player interviews, coaches, and owners of the CIF. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show and Inside the CIF with me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as it is the 2017 CIF season. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited about what the prospects of this season is going to bring forth. And the reason why is you take a look at Champions Indoor Football. For the last two seasons, it's been really exciting. Now, granted... I have been lucky. I The Texas Revolution in the first season of Champions Indoor Football went to the championship game, lost to the Sioux City Bandits. Then, in the second year, the Texas Revolution made it into the playoffs, had the first round bye. Uh, so, I've been lucky. I've been able to experience Champions Indoor Football and the excitement of it because of the team and how well it's played. And there's uh, lots of teams out there at the same time getting the opportunity as the Texas Revolution has. So fans of other teams, because if you remember the first season of Champions Indoor Football, folks, we went down to the last two weeks of the season to figure out who was going to be in the playoffs and then the actual seeding for those playoffs. That was exciting. Um, and... Oh, I even remember the Duke City Gladiators had a shot to make it into the playoffs the second to the last week. A new team, a team that didn't have uh, the um, the backings and everything, just a new team that kind of just came in and saved the day for champions indoor football. I'll put it out there like that. Um, and that was an exciting year. The second season, uh, for a, a total of six teams made it into the playoffs, and uh, the Texas Revolution got the bye, um, and I, if I remember correctly, so did the Force. They had the bye up there as well. So that whole thing, uh, to see still going into the last three weeks of the season, who had an opportunity to do it? And last year it was the Bloomington Edge making some big-time movements to make it into the playoffs. That was exciting. So, And this year should be no different, as we have now 14 teams in Champions Indoor Football. And with those 14 teams, four of those, uh, a total of four in each conference, the North and South, make it into the playoffs. So that's going to be exciting because it's probably going to come down to the last two weeks of the season on who will get the seeding and who will make it into the playoffs. So exciting stuff going on there. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's going on as far as the playoffs and everything else for 2017 with Ricky Burtz, who is going to be up on the show. 
So let's talk about who's going to be on the show, as it is the new show. We've never had a show for Champions Indoor Football, so it's new. At me, Director of Operations of Champions Indoor Football, that's definitely new. And let's talk about our guests. I've decided let's just keep it new. So we got the new franchise in Kansas City. We're going to go ahead and bring on the head coach of that football team. Chris Coffin's going to join us in the uh, premiere show. Then we're going to head up a little bit north, and then we're going to talk to Richard Davis. He is the general manager and the head coach of the new franchise, Bismarck Bucks. Uh, so we're going to talk to him. So another new. And then at the end of the show, we're going to go ahead and bring on the commissioner of Champions Indoor Football. It's going to be, well, he's the interim uh, commissioner of Champions Indoor Football. It's Ricky Burtz is going to be here. So we got a packed show uh, for you in the premiere season of the Inside the CIF here. It's going to be fun. So talk a little bit about last season. I mean, of course, the champions, the Wichita Force, defeated the Amarillo Venom in the championship game as the Amarillo Venom got past the Texas Revolution. Uh, in that game, as the Revolution had to buy, and Amarillo came in and just kind of cleaned their clock in reality and got in there and got the victory. Um, a game where I... I'll put it out there. I expected the Texas Revolution to be in the championship game against the Wichita Force. Um, and the, you know, Amarillo Venom had definitely something to say about that as they went on and they got that victory at the Allen Event Center. I called that game. That was actually the last game I called as the, I was uh, putting up the microphone, as they say, um, as that was my last broadcast of play-by-play -play for the Texas Revolution. So um, I was hoping that I would be able to get in there and call that championship game right there at the Allen Event Center. That was my hope. That having been said, unfortunately, though, uh, they didn't make it, but still an exciting championship game uh, with the Wichita Force bringing home the second Champions Cup. Now, obviously, the Texas Revolution was in the championship game in their first season as they took on the Sioux City Bandits, and the Bandits uh, beat them in the championship game. So, was looking for that ring, didn't get that ring, really wish I would have got that ring, but along with the team and everything, so that would have been cool, but... You know, we're now in year number three, and with the new teams that are going on, three new teams, we talked about the two teams, the Phantoms as well as the Bucks, got yet one more team, but kind of the same team as the Sioux City Bandits, you know, they just kind of moved east a little bit. Over near Waco area it is the Centex Calvary, and that is the team that Randy Sanders owns as he owned the uh, Sioux City, or not the, uh, the San Angelo Bandits. Uh, so no two teams named Bandits in the season, so that's new as well. So uh, we're going to just talk about a lot of new stuff that's going to be going on in Champions Indoor Football. An exciting time of the season as folks get, uh, of the NFL season, as folks get ready for their depression, and I'm just getting excited. Uh, so I get two um two leagues i get the nfl and then i get indoor football i'm and just ready to go for the season just like a lot of people so uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things here today we're going to bring in our guests and everything else so what we're going to do now is we're going to bring on emily austin from 
the Amarillo Venom and Julian Reese about an announcement that they are making. Uh, we mentioned it and um, also uh, some of the things that they're doing. Uh, we're going to do a little quick segment with the Amarillo Venom, uh, a video that they put out. This is the audio portion. Take a listen. Hey Venom fans, how's it going? I'm Emily Austin here with the one and only head coach, Julian Reese. Coach, so great to see you. I'm excited just like you are. I know. Believe it or not, we are less than a month out from kicking yeah. off the 2017 season, which is crazy to me. But what can you tell us about what's the next step? When do guys report for camp? Our next step, our guys will be coming in on February 17th. We'll, uh, that's their initial that weekend. That's uh, Valentine's. And, you know, I'm, we, we're all about here at the Venom Family First. So get time to spend with their family before they move this way and get here and get settled in at our Ridgewood Apartments and uh, make sure that they're comfortable over the weekend and meet a meet and greet Sunday uh, with the team to get to know each other. And then Monday we start right up and then Saturday we have that, that big scrimmage. Yeah, I can't wait. And if you Venom fans haven't heard, we are having that big scrimmage. We are bringing in a team from Mexico City. So that will be a very special international game on February 25th. So make sure you stay tuned on how you can get tickets for that. We also want to talk about some of your expectations for this season. I know guys come and go with this mm -hmm. organization. What should we expect from the Venom? Uh, same hard hitting, high scoring, and uh, we we really harping on defense this year. Get uh, to get a lot of guys in is going to make some tackles, make some noise on that side of the ball, and lower the number of points uh, allowed. So we just want to make sure the guys come in super excited, uh, that they're healthy, that they're in shape, and they're ready to go. We uh, we don't want to pull it pull off at all. We want to make sure we host the championship game. And the only way to do that is to win. So uh, like Coach Carter told you know, us our first year, we have to control our destiny at the start of the year, and that's how we're going to approach it. Yeah, and we have some unfinished business and some Big revenge time. to seek this upcoming season. Okay, so Friday, we had a Friday freebie giveaway, right? So we are going to give away this throwback Venom helmet. Game used, Coach. You almost fit it. I know. Well, it's a little. I don't think so. Not really. But who are we giving this away to? Who do you want to announce as the winner? Uh, looks like the winner um, by unanimous vote was Stephen Lively. Congratulations, Stephen. You can come and pick up this awesome Venom helmet at our office. We will message you more details. Let me tell you something unique about Stephen. Okay, you know, let's Steven, hear it. Steve, I have a picture of myself and, and Danny Snyder. It's crazy that he even won it. But I have a picture of him. And his brother, Sean, when we were playing. That's so, awesome. So I believe he was in like high school or whatever. And Sean was in elementary, middle school. And uh, just to watch, you know, both of them grow up. He's, he's, a, he's a great father. I watch him on Facebook a little bit here and there. Yeah. And uh, just, it's just exciting that, you know, that they've been apart so long. Yeah, his baby, the baby picture in the Venom helmet, that's what sold it for me. So congratulations, Stephen, again. And thank you for being a loyal Venom fan. For all of you other Venom fans, be sure you stay tuned on all of our social media outlets this season to see what you can win. And uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of W's from the football team this season as well, Coach. We better. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Guys, stay tuned. And things up. Things up.
Alright everybody, welcome back into Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark. Of course it is me, Sonny Clark. Um, and lots of things going on. I, I want to jump to some of the news because there has been some exciting news that has been coming out of Albuquerque. Now, whether or not that you think this is exciting or whether or not, and, and folks, we've got our critics, don't get me wrong, but you also got to remember that in door football sometimes needs reasons for people to get some attention to it and whether or not it's a good thing bad thing there's always going to be critics out there there's always going to be someone who says oh that's dumb or or anything else and i've been there heck it's one of the reasons why um some people was kind of wondering whether or not Sonny should hold this position, okay? Um, that having been said, there's a situation going on down in Duke City. Okay, Duke City's been doing a lot of things. First of all, I, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, and it, it's been one of those things. I think they helped save this league the first year in its existence after the bad situation that happened with the Stars. Okay, that whole situation was a mess, but they came in and took over and really, really helped this league. And that was in the, and that was exciting because, like I said, in their first season, two weeks before the end of the season, they still had a shot at making the playoffs as they took on the Texas Revolution. And that game was the one that unfortunately kind of kicked them out of the, the standings for them to make the playoffs, but it was still exciting. So, going back to Duke City... Lots of things going on in Duke City, and one of them is the same thing if you remember back in the the first season that the Couch Potato Sports Show covered Texas Revolution indoor football was actually for the Allen Wranglers of the IFL. And that was the year that Terrell Owens came in. Now, that whole thing unfortunately didn't end on a happy note, um, but... The Duke City Gladiators are thinking of a different idea. They're trying to get him and trying to bring him in. Um, so that's exciting news that's coming out of Duke City. Whether or not it will happen, I don't know. I, I was just kind of looking at, and this is probably going to go with the schedule. You take a look at what Terrell Owens, if this guy makes the, um, the Hall of Fame his time is going to be very demanding of interviews and things like that sort. So it might not work out for him. So depending on that situation, and I think this is the year that Terrell Owens gets into the Hall of Fame. So when I look at it as far as the schedule and how it will work, I want it to work for Duke City. But as far as when I look at it, I question whether or not it can happen because of the fact that he's going to make the Hall of Fame. So all that, we'll be having uh, Matt Kayward actually, I'm going to try to get him on for next week's show because we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the excitement that's going on down in Duke City. Not only that, they're signing a local guy at the quarterback position at, uh, and that is so huge for the area. They kind of be able to bring the fans out to that stadium to see this team. So, um, hopefully be able to get Matt K. Word on. I think, I think if I ask him nicely, he'll make it on next week's show. So, with all that going on there, they'll have more announcements and everything going on down in Duke City. We'll get an update from him next week. So, uh, hopefully we'll be able to pull him in here and get him on the show. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about the league meetings. It was an exciting time. And one of the things that was talked about, and we got a dedication from all the teams. I'm really happy about this, by the way, is, is that their dedication to get 
things out in social media, get things out in media, their dedication to get that done. I thought that that was a huge thing because um, there has been some things that we wish could be better. And But I think what we've decided is we're going to control our own destiny here in the CIF. So I'm looking forward to a lot of announcements, things getting over on the website, and lots of changes coming that way. Communication out to you fans. I mean, because really, let's be honest, because you think about indoor football, and those that would listen to a podcast like this, okay, these are what I call cult followers of indoor football. And there's a very few, you know, there's about five or 6,000 people that really, really get into this sport uh, and a cult following what we try to do is make it a family family oriented thing and then you get the uh, cult following of the fans then you get the family and then sooner or later it spreads out and that starts with spreading of the word getting it out on the website getting it out on their own facebook pages and their social media so that was a huge thing and we got a good dedication from all the teams that state that they're going to do that so more news and notes you'll hear about it uh whether it be on this show whether it be on a press release or whatever the case may be a new dedication to make sure the fans are informed about this league i'm really excited about that so here's what we're going to do we're going to go into our first interview uh with a guy um a lot of people love this guy by the way and i'm one of them i'm one of his fans uh and that being said you got a new franchise how about that? That's exciting. You got a new head coach of a new franchise and a guy that people in indoor football know. We're going to go ahead. Let's start our interview with Chris Coffin. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show and the Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark. I got online since we're starting a new new show. Everything going on in the CIF. New commissioner, new director of operations, new teams. We might as well bring on a new coach. Let's bring in the head coach of the Kansas City Phantoms. It's Chris Coffin. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Sonny. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for taking the time. As we, it, it is new. It's something new. But this is something that's not new to you, Coach. You've you've been a part of football for many years. But a new squad, new city. Um, how are you liking it over there in Kansas City? Well, we're having a great time. There's nothing better than uh, bringing a new team to your hometown and getting started and bringing back a lot of familiar faces that should have been here for a, for a long time anyway. Now, you were involved with the other teams that were trying to get started. There was some Kansas City teams in the AFL. What was your participation in those teams, or if any? Or let people also know a little bit about your background as well. Well, uh, when the AFL teams were here, I was out uh, playing with some other teams in the IFL and the, and the CPIFL. And I, I came back and finally started playing in Kansas City when the renegades of the CPIFL were here. And then, um, you know, they were only here for one year. And I stuck around in that league with the uh, Omaha Bees for a year. And then we went over to Salina for a year. And then uh, finally got the uh, team to come back here to Kansas City. So I'm looking forward to getting this ship off the ground. Well, let's go to that. You get the new ship. Do you get the call or do you make the call? How did the whole thing about bringing Chris Coffin in as head coach happen for the Phantoms? Uh, Reggie Harris, our general manager, actually reached out when they announced the new team. Um, 
you know, there was quite a few guys that uh, vouched for me and reached out for me. And, and when Reggie reached out, he was actually 50-50. He said, we'd love to meet with you about playing and or coaching. Which would you prefer to meet about? And, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there. I figured uh, step off the sideline a little bit and put a headset on. Probably be a little bit safer for my long-term future. Well, you played in the IFL, you played on many things. Let's uh, let people know a little bit about your background. Where did you play before you finally took the step in as the head coach of the Phantoms? Um, well, uh, I got started a long time ago in a small regional league uh, in the ATFL. I played in Topeka for five years. You know, they came into the CPIFL for a while there. And then I mm -hmm. uh, moved over to the uh, River City Rage in the IFL. And then, um, you know, bounced around here. Then I went from Kansas City to Omaha to Salina. So, Got it. I think on, on and off, I played about uh, 12 to 14 years. I can't really put it all together myself. So the biggest question, and I got these questions for some of the other folks that are just now starting in as a new coach and everything else. What do you think is going to be your biggest roadblock from you coming from being a player to being a coach? I mean, there's got to be a little bit of a difference, obviously, the leadership on the field as well as leadership as the team and in the community. Uh, there's a lot more probably being asked of you as well. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and that's all been uh, a nice, easy transition for me so far. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a guy who's been playing for a long time and, and is young. You know, I'm, a, I'm up there. So the management and all of that that goes on into that has been an easy transition. You know, I've been making that as I've been calling plays and doing a lot of that stuff in the last couple of years anyway on the field. Um, I think the the biggest transition, the biggest roadblock I might run into is letting the team take its own shape and its own identity. You know, as a quarterback, I've been one of the key factors in, in helping teams mold into what we want to look like on the field and our attitude and how we go. Uh, you know, I'm stepping out of the huddle. You know, the, the guys in the huddle have to take that ownership and, and, and build their own identity, and I just have to help foster that as they move along. But, you know, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions of the player as well. So, you know, that might be hard to bite my tongue and, and just kind of let them figure those in the huddle type situations out for themselves. Now, a very busy time of the year for the CIF as they're getting set, getting ready to go into training camp. <laughs> By the way, when's your training camp uh, kicking off over there in Kansas City? Well, our schedule has us. Our, our first game is until March 13th. It's a... A little bit later than some of the other teams so we have uh, February 19th is when our guys are going to report and we'll go through a two-week camp and then we'll we'll get to that set for that first home game against Bloomington right after that well a, a busy guy that you are you're getting the team set up you're getting things ready to go um, and to move into this new position but you also got some other side things to do that gets very busy at the beginning of the year if I read your Facebook right. This is the guy that works for H&R Block. This guy's doing taxes as well. So you got taxes, football, or or did you have to put a little of that to the side? How, how are you juggling the full-time job and obviously being the coach in the CIF? Well, uh, I am at H&R Block. I'm at corporate headquarters, and I work uh, on our prepaid debit card team up in the bank. So, you know, I'm not out in the office doing taxes, working 
14, 16-hour days like some of those tax associates are, you know, I, oh, yeah. I have a typical, yeah, I'm, I have a typical 8 to, to 4.30 time schedule, and, and, it, and it can be flexible, so I'll sneak out for some long lunches or come in early and do whatever I need to do for, uh, you know, phantom commitments, but, you know, we also have a good team out here, we got a, a good front office staff with, with Reggie Harris and and, and Doc and Mr. Antonio and James Bain. We got a lot of guys out working, and I'm not doing any of this by myself. They're, they're, they're letting me pick my football players, but as far as everything else goes in the management of the team, they're, they're on top of all of that. So there's, there's, there's nothing that feels overwhelming for me at this time. Well, you talked about it, and, and frankly, didn't know. And this is the part, you know, his fans and, and people getting part of it. James Bain, a big part of your football team, evidently you spoke about him uh, as a former commissioner of the CPIFL. Um, what is his role in the Phantom in uh, helping that? Is it the day-to-day? -day? Is it the corporate? Is it the attorney portion of it? As he is also an attorney as well, or is he just dabbing into everything when it comes to the Phantoms? Yeah, a little bit of all of that. He's uh, he's a consultant for us, so uh, we bounce a lot of items off him. I know he works very closely with uh, Reggie, and uh, you know anything we need, he's been helpful with. He's had he has a lot of experience with getting teams off the ground, so he's he's been having a lot of input on uh, good ideas, not so good ideas, and, and what we should try to do and what we should try to avoid. Got it. Very good. And it's good to have that guy in your back pocket. But you talked Absolutely. about the, yeah, you, you talk about the flexibility as far as your job. You, you're kind of like really in the same boat as players. I mean, because players, you know, they're going to come and play, but they actually have another job as well. You've got the luck of having the flexibility with your, you know, regular eight to five. Describe the problems that you have as a coach and dealing with players who have to deal with not just playing football, keeping in shape, but also dealing with the fact of life is, is that these guys have to hold down other jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, we've been very fortunate here. You know, Kansas City is a, a football-rich city. We've, we have a lot of uh, talent here. And we were able to have most of our camp roster is made up by, uh, I would say, 90 to 95% local players. So, you know, their, their schedules are, are well-established. Their work schedules are well-established. They know what to expect. They know what's coming up. So as we've been meeting with them, we've been able to give them kind of our ideas of our practice times, our practice schedule, gives them plenty of time to make any arrangements with their work if they need to. And, you know, and, and it seems like uh, the schedule we have set isn't going to interfere a whole lot with... Uh, their personal work schedule. So I think we can avoid a lot of that just by planning ahead. And it, it, it seems to be working out for us so far. We'll see once season gets rolling around. You know, there's always there's always challenges that you can't foresee that'll pop up, and we'll deal with them as they come. You know, I've uh, as a player the last couple of years, I've played in towns that were three hours away, you know, one way, and we were still mm -hmm. able to make it work. So if we got these guys nearby here, I'm sure we can we'll work around their schedules as best as we can while still preparing to win football games. As a new coach, what do you think the biggest roadblock that you have to deal with throughout the season? Is it the players? Is it their work schedule? Is it the, is it the schedule? Is it the travel? What is the biggest roadblock as you see uh, going in as a new franchise into uh, champions indoor football? Uh, it, it's going to be uh, being organized. I need to be very organized. I need to 
have plans laid out. We need to plan ahead of time. You know, as a, as a player, most of the scheduling's laid out for you, and I, I can just rearrange all of my own personal stuff to fit the coach's schedule. Now, as the coach, I'm going to be laying that, that infrastructure and that framework, and, and, you know, I need to make sure that it's done in a way, like I said, that, that can accommodate a majority of our guys and, and go forward. You know, the I, I think, um, you know, scheduling and planning and staying organized will be the, the toughest challenge. I don't think it's a roadblock. It, it'll be a challenge, and, and it's been going well so far. So I, mean, I don't know if we've been lucky or we're just planning it really well, but uh, we haven't hit too many hard times just yet. We're talking to the head coach of the newly formed Kansas City Phantoms. They just joined the CIF here just a few months ago. Let's talk a little bit about your team because as I am the director of operations, I get to see, I'm lucky, I get to see all the guys that you got sitting right in front of you, right there on your, right there on your roster. And I, and I see guys that were obviously names that I, uh, many of them actually, names that I've heard of and guys that you brought in to try to take some moves. You grab up a guy that if you're familiar with the IFL, you're familiar with the Nebraska Danger and some other teams, you got, you picked up a guy that can run the football with a familiar name in the world, but in the indoor football league and the indoor football game, O.J. Simpson is a guy that you picked up that was a big signing for this team. Yeah, absolutely. A big signing for this team in many, many different aspects. I mean, the kid can play football. He's uh, been one of the most consistent indoor slash arena football players in the last seven or eight years. He's, he's a veteran. He knows where to be. He knows what to do. Um, and, and he's somebody you can always rely on. You can hand him the football. You can throw it to him and, and, and he can return kicks for us. So he's a, a weapon on the field in, in every sense of the word. Um, and his second team all IFL last year and a lot of people thought he's just been a first teamer. But uh, it's also huge because, you know, our arena is Silverstein Eye Center. sits right there in Independence, Missouri. It's a town where he grew up. You know, he went to Truman High School. He's got a, had a, a very successful high school career, and then he went on to Mo West, uh, in Division II local college. So, you know, he's, he's not only a great football player, he's a great football player that was born and raised, grew up about two blocks from the arena. So we're, we're excited to bring him home. He is a great player. He's that he's that guy. He's your spark plug when you need somebody to really pick up and give you a play. You just get he's he's kind of like a guy that goes into the huddle and says, "Just give me the ball," kind of. And that's a good guy to have because he can make things happen. But you look at your football team. As I look at the roster, I only see one quote unquote designated quarterback. That is a young man who uh, made his uh, name a little bit on in the CIF here a couple of games. Brandon Steed, let people know a little bit about him. I think you know him personally, right? Yeah, Brandon, um, um, we're looking, we're looking um, I don't want to say I have high hopes for Brandon. I, you know, I know he's a good football player. I have, I have high expectations for Brandon. He, uh, he, he got a couple of starts in Omaha last year and played in a couple other yep. games. So he's, he's still fairly new to the indoor game, but uh, he's a smart kid. He's tall. He throws a good ball. He's got good feet got a lot of good poise and patience in the pocket and he's not somebody who's looking to just take off when things aren't uh, get a little bit muddy in front of him so you know we've surrounded him with a veteran um a veteran receiving core we surrounded him with i believe one of the one of the strongest offensive lines in the league so he's going to have um 
plenty of time and he's going to have plenty of um, plenty of targets to work with and you know we know he's going to go through a little bit of growing pains and there's going to be some learning uh, along the way but you know we're hoping to foster that and hope you'll see a different Brandon from week one to, to week 12. So taking a look at that, you being a quarterback yourself, uh, it, that, that kind of helps the whole situation. Uh, you know, obviously, as being a, a player in the, in the – you were quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That, that kind of helps it, the whole thing. It kind of helps yeah. it, right? Yeah, that, 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 that's correct. And then, you, you know, what would also help, um, you know, you mentioned OJ, but you have Jared Elmore who played um, in the IFL last year for um, – yeah. For Cedar Rapids, and he was leading the IFL on touchdowns last year until he uh, pulled a calf muscle and had to miss a few weeks. But the two previous seasons before that, you know, he was in the CIF and he led the league in touchdowns both years. And then uh, we have Anthony Parks, who's also um, played in the CIF quite a bit and played in the Arena League. Uh, you know, those three receivers have played together for at least three seasons. And so not not only is he playing with better, veteran receivers, you know, these guys have played together a bunch. They know each other's spacing. They know where everyone else is going. So, you know, it, you, you're not just – he's meeting one receiving core. He doesn't have to meet three individual receivers. You know, these guys are going to be able to help him along the way as well. So, you know, that's that's one of the, the main reasons that we're, we're very excited to bring Brandon in and let him uh, learn, learn a little bit with these guys. Well, having chemistry at the wide receiver position, and now all you got to do is transport it onto your quarterback. Defensively, you got some game names that were also very familiar. You know, uh, Ben Pester, defensive lineman, he's a big dude getting in there, and uh, some other guys. I mean, I when I was looking over the roster, you know, and I was looking at all these names, you you really put together a veteran squad. Um, within the indoor football, mixed it in with a couple of good rookies, especially defensively. Uh, absolutely, and that you know, and that's the benefit to Kansas City. Like we said, we we haven't had a team here for a couple of years, and a lot of these guys have been going elsewhere to play football. And now we got that team, and they were the first phone calls I made. You know, they get some of these veteran guys in here and sprinkle in a couple of uh, young kids and let them learn around the veteran because you know, unfortunately. Uh, we don't get to practice seven days a week for four hours a day. You know, we have limited practice times and limited schedules, so the learning curve has to be steep. And, you know, um, I believe that we went out and put together one of the best offensive lines and one of the best defensive lines that the league will have to offer. And and Ben, Big Ben, was the uh, number one target on our list. You know, he's, he's a local kid. He's uh, 25 minutes up the road. I know he absolutely adored playing in Sioux City and Sioux City is a, a franchise that I'm going to try to model after. They do everything right on the field and off the field. And Absolutely. you know, if, if we didn't live close to Ben, you know, he'd be back in Sioux City over there with Coach Irv. So, you know, we consider ourselves very fortunate to grab somebody like him. And and, and as a as a cornerstone, I believe he's the best defensive end in the league. Now, Mr. Moss might say something differently, but I've been hit by both of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, put them head to head, see what ends up happening. You betcha. So right. we've been on, yeah, you bet. We've been online with the new head coach of the Kansas City Phantoms. It is Chris Kaufman. Chris, thanks for joining us a little bit here on Inside the CIF. We'll probably be getting with you, catching up with you a little bit later in the season. It's my pleasure, Sonny. I appreciate the time.
You betcha. And folks, when we come back here on Inside the CIF, we're talking new court, new teams, new everything. Let's bring in the new head coach, general manager, slash whatever, all the things that he does. Richard Davis from the Bismarck Bucks will do that here on the Couch Potato Sports Show and Inside the CIF. We'll be right back. All right. Before we go into our interview with our next guest, of course, that being the general manager and head coach of the Bismarck Bucks, I want to go over and I want to spy on some teams on the CIF, uh, letting people know what's been going on on some of the teams that are in Champions Indoor Football. Now, granted, folks, you could do this yourself. You could either A, get on the website at www.gocif.net or get up on their Facebook of all the pages of your teams. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a web browser specifically to open up all of the actual teams in the CIF to see what's going on. So I can keep up to date, obviously, with what we do here in Champions Indoor Football, but just as a fan, I want to know what's going on in the league. And that right there is one of the things I like to do. I like to read about things that are happening in Champions Indoor Football. That having been said, why don't we take a trip over to Bloomington. I want to talk about some of the signings uh, here and some of the other news. One of the big signings, how about Brandon West for the Bloomington Edge? He's a running back while he was this guy he's a newcomer four-year all-max selection at the running back position a two-time all-american and a past teammate of the head coach amir ishmael so this is a guy that he knows this is you know and sometimes it's good to have that going on i mean if you're going to go ahead and grab up a guy um so uh big time stuff uh very versatile guy, solid player. Let's talk a little bit some about some of his stats. 3,671 rushing yards, 958 uh, reception yards, 3,118 kick return yards, a total of 33 touchdowns, as we said, the two-year All-American and the four-year All-Back, that being Brandon West, a running back for the Bloomington Edge. Now, uh, announcement, obviously, all you got to do is take a look at the schedule, but the Ironmen, they're ready for their season 40 days. 40 days before they got the kickoff as the uh, West Michigan Ironmen uh, get ready to take the field against the Bismarck Bucks at the LCE Walker Arena. So, uh, good stuff going on there. They're getting excited as they're having their meetings within the teams and everything else. Now, also some other news. The Texas Revolution yesterday had their last open tryout for the team. There's going to be some players that came to this open tryout that are going to have an opportunity to make this team. Uh, I've seen some good stuff out there as I went out there and I took a look at it. I was invited by uh, Coach as well as Tommy Benizio to take a look at what's going on. I, they said I'm always welcome. So um, I went out there and seen my friend Bill Cerna uh, to take a look at this team and, and see what's going on. So uh, they had a great, great Open tryout. A lot of guys showed up for it, and they're gonna they're gonna grab one or two, or maybe even three, from what I heard uh, from this open tryout. So uh, that just goes to show, if you get to a, an opportunity to show off your skills and you want to be a part, get to an open tryout. You have an opportunity. 
Now, we're talking about new stuff. How about the Dallas Marshals? New name used to be the Mesquite Marshals. This year, they are the Dallas Marshals. Not only that, they've got some awesome-looking uniforms out there, guys. So if you get the opportunity, hop on their Facebook, and you can take a look at that Facebook and see what they are doing right there as far as the uniforms. They look great, by the way. I like them. Kind of a combination. They got. I've seen some of their other ones as well, uh, so they're kind of cool. So I, I won't. I won't spoil the surprise for the marshals on what they look like. Uh, also, let's head over to the beef where the beef has been busy. They've been signing guys, um, and, and that's huge for them. Doug Hale, also JT Nabali, and also Chuck Wright. These are the latest signings for the Omaha Beef as they are getting set for their season. And, you know, hey, training camp is right around the corner for these football teams. And they're getting ready to hit the field and hit it hard and be able to do what they do to try to get victories. And that, that is huge as well. All right, so since we're doing the new thing, let's go ahead. Let's bring in our, our next guest here on Inside the CIF, it is the general manager as well as the head coach of the new Bismarck Bucks, Richard Davis, here on Inside the CIF. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Inside the CIF with me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we have the new show. We've already talked with a coach that is developing the team down there in Kansas City. New team, new coach, new squad. So we're just going to travel a little bit northwest a little bit. Head on over to Bismarck with the Bismarck bus. And let's bring in the head coach, general manager, all the titles that this guy's going to carry. It's Richard Davis. How you doing, Richard? I'm good, Sonny. How are you, man? I'm, I'm excited. And one of the reasons why I'm excited, new teams. New teams, new opportunities, and uh, new expectations within the league. And your team is a big part of that coming in as uh, a new team in the Champions Indoor Football. How's it going up there in Bismarck? What's it going on? You're getting into the community up there. What has been the welcoming committee like up there? Well, it's, it's you know, it's been great, Sonny. Um, we spent a lot of time investigating, re researching, uh, if you will, markets um, where we thought the product great fit. Uh, Bismarck was a tremendous, we always thought all along Bismarck was going to welcome us with open arms. We thought there was a pent up demand uh, for this product. And and um, I got to tell you, Sonny, we, we far underestimated the, the welcome wagon, so to speak. It's been phenomenal. We've sold so many tickets. Uh, it's crazy. I, I think it's probably fair to say we'll be um, we're probably out in front on, in the league lead of season tickets, man. We we're selling a bunch. Um, so that's a that's a great indication of the market's acceptance. Our corporate partners have been fantastic for us. Uh, they have they have uh, reached out um, to us and and you know jumping on board support wise. So. I think it's safe to say Bismarck has is, is, is got a bright future ahead, and we're awfully glad to be a part of the CIF and, and uh, just doing our thing. 
Well, let's talk a little bit. Let's start uh, with, uh, we'll, we'll start with disappointment and we'll move towards positive. Disappointment, obviously, with some teams coming out of the league. And that was a big, big deal for you um, as the travel was a big portion of it. And uh, getting and building some rivalries that were going to be probably something good for you. Explain a little bit about how losing a team as an expansion team really kind of affected the franchise and where are you moving as into the positive into 2017? Well, Sonny, as you know, I've been in this a long time. Uh, I'm new to the CIF, uh, so most of your um, you know, devout followers may not know, but I've been in this since way back in the original AFT board of uh, director days, you know, way back in 2000. Um, the reason I bring that up is because I've seen a lot of teams come and go, and, and um, what I've learned over the course of, of time is um, sometimes it's really not a negative when you lose uh, a franchise. I mean, sure, you like to keep your numbers up, but sometimes, frankly, franchises aren't running the way they should, should or uh, sometimes in the case of, you know, we, we had a near miss with a team in, in the River City market that decided to go elsewhere. I got to be honest with you. I, I I think that's probably a positive over the course of the long term, um, because if, if the team's not truly committed, a franchise, an ownership group, if they're not a partner with us in the league over the long haul, uh, you'd rather cut your losses as soon as you can and, and move forward. And, um, and so, in some ways, that, that those losses, that short-term disappointment, really is long-term gain, and it strengthens the rest of us as partners. We all know we're uh, to in this together and so um for us we we planned on you know some bumps in the road so to speak and and so we just we didn't worry about it we just focused on our market and and our remaining partners in the league and and kept rolling so i think it's all positive i think we are in tremendous position in the cif as we move forward uh we really truly like the vision uh i like how uh, out of our owners meetings etc that um, we've got a plan, uh, we've got a vision for the future, and, and we've banded together and, and marching forward. So for us, it's all upside, Sonny. Well, let's take a look at that. Let's talk about the, the owners' meetings because you were very active in that, which always, it's always good to hear from all the owners of a football team. And, you know, how did those go? What, what, how did that go, that meeting, compared to other league meetings that you've been a part of? How did it differ, and what did you think of the meetings after we broke on Sunday? Well, you know, I... There are differences, and it starts, frankly, um, with the fact that um, I think the owners in this league uh, all genuinely are are hopeful and supportive of one another. I mean, we've got the rivalries, and you know, everybody wants to beat each other on the field. But uh, our ownership came away feeling like you know Bob Scott and, and Sioux City cares about our success. Uh, our our owners felt like you know Stephanie and Emerald they they care about our success, and so. Um, I think just the general uh, partnership, if you will, of all of us trying to work through our problems together, all of us trying to do what's best uh, for, for the league as a whole, um, I got a great sense of confidence about that. Um, there, there, so I, I have been in a lot of those meetings, and there has been some jockeying in, in past of only worrying about your individual market or only worrying about things that will affect you. Um, and so I, I just I felt confident that our league 
uh, kind of joined hands, so to speak, and, and we attacked our problems and, and looked at them realistically. Um, this league, this group of owners, uh, I think does a great job of listening to each other. Everyone has a platform. Uh, there's not a lot of talking at each other and, and a lot of talking to each other, and I like that a lot. Um, so by and large, I just think um, it seems to me as though the CIF is made up of a group of owners who had successes, and they've had their swings and misses. They've learned from their mistakes. They're trying to get better, and they're committed to one another. So all in all, gosh, man, that's over the course of time, Sonny, I think that's just about the best you can hope for with an ownership group, that you, you can look around and know that your partners are committed to you. Well, you got the team commitment, and I heard it all through uh, the meetings. Obviously, we can't go through all those things that we went through the meetings, but we've seen teams saying, hey, these people are new. Let's let's give some consideration. Let's do this for that team, and that's not fair for this team. Let's get it. I mean, you made a very valid point. When a league and teams are committed to each other, it just helps for the success of the league as well as the franchise because Lord knows what you can learn inside one of those meetings. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you as long as everyone um, is, is has the ability to listen to one another respectfully, then then you can you make giant strides. We can all move forward together. And so, you know, as you witnessed, Sonny, we were, we were passionate about certain things that um, didn't go our way on a vote. And that's okay. That's, that's part of having partners. Um, and, and we were passionate about things that did go our way. And that's great because that means folks uh, supported us there, too. So, so all in all, I guess that is what we had hoped to find when we entered into the CIF was a league of partners who would listen to and work with one another. And that's what we found. That's what we've gotten. And, and I think it, that, frankly, I think that's not just... Um, it doesn't stop at just the ownership groups. I, I got a great sense that the coaches in our league are trying to work together to better our product. Um, as you witnessed, the, the coaches brought forth uh, an opportunity that they felt would make our game better, um, would, would flow better. And our owners listened to them and, it, and immediately implemented that change. Well, that's, that's empowering for the coaches. That, that lets them know they're being listened to, they're being respected. And so I, I just got a general sense that the CIF is, that we're trying to truly uh, work together and march forward from everyone top to bottom. And, and I'm, I'm really impressed so far. Let's talk a little bit about your front office. Obviously, you're right there in the coach, general manager. You've got partners as well. Let people know a little bit about the infrastructure of the Bismarck Bucks. Well, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I, I do have an ownership group that trusts my experience and, and allows me to wear these two hats of being a general manager and a head coach. Um, I do think that, you know, that comes from time and experience. And, you know, I've, I've swung and missed. <laughs> you know, I've told them, I said, hey, I've, I've had my successes and made won a ton of games. And then I've also looked around and said, I'm going to get fired here because I've been on five. Um, we've been through the good and we've been through the bad. And so uh, that helps, uh, I think, to gain confidence of your ownership group. And once we put together the financials and we, we drilled down deep on the numbers, uh, most, most owners, if you know your numbers, then they can trust the fact that you know your business. And so they, they 
put us in a position to succeed and and I've gone out and, and really Sonny it's um, I've just tried to hire folks that are better than I am at every one of their spots and we've got a young staff um, made up of uh, a, a bunch of really awesome kids that keep me young and healthy and keep me on my toes and, and they're go-getters and, and then we've got uh, my front office group if you will is, is kind of a, a, a cross section of my wife as an example is our ticket sales uh, manager at this point she's got a long deep history in that and so it's kind of um, a diverse group uh, but, but it goes deeper than just that Sonny we're very fortunate we have a a partnership with not only our building we have a shared resource with them a media uh, gal who as you know Caitlin is an amazing talent and does some great stuff and she's a partner of of the city Um, she works for both the building and ourselves Uh, and then we also have a secondary partnership that's very subtle but is played a vital role with us and we're, we have a huge help from the University of Mary. They have a sports, a sports um, management degree program. And we get a ton of interns from that group. Uh, three of our full-time staff members are graduates of that program. So to be able to have them here in town, uh, to interact daily with the university and the resources that they have, um, it's, it's been a really smooth operation. And this lets me be able to... Uh, really, my role now is just facilitating everybody's success. I don't have to, you know, do much except make sure they're they're all heading in the right direction and they go kick butt. You betcha. Now let's talk about your team a little bit as uh, growing and getting new. Uh, your roster is a little bit on the light side compared to obviously some of the other teams. As director of operations, I get to see all that. And uh, let, let's know a little bit about some of the talent that's out on your football field that you have right now. All set, getting ready to go into training camp. And by the way, when is training camp up there for the Bucks? Well, we're gonna. We originally were going to have a preseason uh, game. Um, however, uh, for us, we have uh, we're projecting a completely sold out belly in our opening night. Uh, this place is going to be crazy. We our home opener is Friday night, March seventeenth, which is St. Patrick's Day. Um, it's a pretty clear, pretty clear data on our sales right now that there won't be an empty seat in the house. And so we decided to back off the preseason game. Frankly, just because we didn't want to do anything to hurt our opening night gate, um, we want to come out swinging, so to speak. So, so uh, training camp for us, we're going to have our players report the fifteenth, um, and then we'll do physicals. And the next day, we'll have entry, um, you know, meetings and dinners and all that, and um, and kind of set the tone. And, and we'll turn the page and and get to work uh, that weekend and, and and get after it. But in terms of the roster. You know, we are an expansion franchise, Sonny, so there is um, the process of educating players about, you know, we get it. We understand that some of these guys didn't wake up and say, hey, let's go to Bismarck, North Dakota. I understand. Um, (laughs) So what we have to do is do a good job of identifying players that work, that would fit into the system. Uh, and then sell them on what we've got. Because I will tell you, Sonny, um, I can constantly say that I, I suspect there will be no team in the league that will have a better environment for their players from housing and food. Um, this market is going to embrace these players 
like no other. It, this We are a big deal in this market, and our, our ticket sales and our corporate sales are a strong indication of that fact. And so we, our job now is to convey all those messages to the prospective players and let them know what their lives would be. Um, furthering that, I also have a recruiting philosophy that's been at this level that's developed over the course of time. Frankly, Sonny, I don't rush out on the recruiting. I take my time. Um, I have come to the, to the belief that I want players to have options. I want these kids to have five other places they could have gone, but they chose to come here. Uh, I want them to understand that um, we are confident in that what we do here, that we're, we would like to have you, but we're going to either win games with you or we're going to roll in and beat you without you. Um, it, it's kind of the mindset of, of winning. And so for us, I think you'll see that that roster that appears light now, you're going to suddenly look up here in the next couple of weeks and go, oh, another defensive lineman from NF- the NFL or, oh, wow, another offensive lineman from the Vikings camp or whatever. Uh, we hope that that's the case. We're on track for that. And then really at the end of the day, Sonny, this thing comes down to are we creating a culture of winning in our market? If we are, and if we can live that culture of winning every day, a culture of excellence, then we'll have a chance on the field. If we're not, well, then we're going to get beat on the field. It's pretty simple. And that takes time. That's something that you obviously got to put together. Um, but having the experience in as many years that you have in the indoor football game definitely helps. Now, um, as looking on your Facebook page, I, by the way, folks that don't know, I look at the, the Facebook pages and all the social media of every team every single day. And like you said, you have got a great, and uh, you should be very happy that you got your young lady out there, um, uh, Caitlin, uh, doing what she does for you. She inter- she introduced uh, Jarrell Miller. Let people know a little bit about him as far as his uh, situation of coming to your football team, and what are your expectations of him? Well, Jarrell could be a great player. Um, as fate would have it, um, Jarrell did play college uh, semi-locally. He played at Jamestown College. Um, he is uh, probably a prototypical type of guy, Sonny. Out of high school, he did not have the grades. He was he was a Division One uh, kind of prospect. He did not have the grades. And he winds up at Jamestown, where he went on to a four-year career. We, he was an NFL All-American, uh, fantastic player. He flew around the field, as you would expect a, a Division One player to fly around the field and dominate at that level. He did that. Um, when he got done. Uh, he got offered an opportunity to go to the Vikings camp. He went to their training camp. He held their own. We visited with the Vikings personnel staff about him. They really like him. He's got all the measurables. And he was a classic guy that they probably needed to see some more film on him at playing against players at the higher level, like frankly, like the CIF. And so we're the beneficiary of that. Um, and, and Caitlin... Uh, we, we got him over here, Caitlin. This was an opportunity for us to, to seize the moment, if you will, on our social media. Uh, we, we are starting that culture of winning on that p- type of process, if you will, through the social media. And as our you know fans, can, folks can log on and see 
you know, we, we, pre, we produce some pretty high quality uh, stuff. And um, the truth is, Sonny, gosh, that, that intro video that we did, I think he's got <laughs> 10,000 views and, you know, 15 to 30,000 reach. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome on that side. But, but um, we think Jarrell's one of the type of player and the type of young men that um, if they play to their potential, Sonny, well, then, frankly, I think we'll be okay on the field, and we'll catch up, and we won't look like an expansion franchise. If they play to their potential on paper, we're going to be okay. But you never know until you roll out there and figure out whether they can get it done when, uh, you know, Sioux City bandits are slapping you in the mouth. You never know. So yeah. we'll just find out on the field. Well, you got a couple other guys that, that are, you know, have had way into the NFL. Um, a running back, Juwan Jameson, is uh, from Rutgers. Obviously, uh, the success that he had when he was on that team with their head coach, uh, big one. And then you got Tyrone Nizel, uh, who uh, was on the roster of the Texans and the Saints. Let people know a little bit about those two guys. Well, Juwan, as an example, was uh, pretty pretty exciting kid. We're pretty uh, proud to get him. Had a great career at Rutgers, uh, 2,000 plus yards uh, rushing career-wise. Um, and, and the thing that probably makes Juwan unique is he was a, actually a seventh-round draft pick in 2013. And as we know, Sonny, at this level, um, you just don't get many kids that were draft picks two years ago that, that play at this level. And um, he is a classic example of the, the value that our leagues provide. He he was a draft pick. He was on the roster for two years. He got released. And he looked around and was smart enough to say, I don't want to sit out, so where do I go? And, and we did a good job, I think, of you know presenting our our positives and, and preaching to him what we think we can do for him. And so, so we've got a good running back on board. And then uh, Tyrone Ezell is the exact same thing. He's just a defensive lineman, a big, big fella. Uh, Tyrone is a four-year starter from University of Pittsburgh. He was first-team All-ACC his senior year. He was, he was, he's been in with the Texans, and he had a long stint with the Saints. Uh, and then it, suddenly he, you know, they released him, and Tyrone was one of those kids. He's smart enough to say, I don't want to close the book on my career, but, and so how's the best possible way I could keep going? I think I need to play. I think I need to get on film. And when we found that out, we just, we worked hard. We sold the heck out of the kid. And, and we think Tyrone and, well, frankly, both of those kids, Tyrone and Juwan, again, on paper, I think they have a chance to be pretty darn good players. But we'll find out here soon if they can come in and get it done. Now, I don't want you to give any way of the industry secrets or your coaching <laughs> secrets that are out there, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Because as a guy who sees all the names that come across my desk as I set up the rosters, the hours sure. and hours and hours it takes to find these guys. And then after that, kind of like the recruitment to bring them in, they think, what's your secret? What do you do? How do you get these guys to finally go ahead and sign on the line that says that I'm going to be a Bismarck buff or in the past of where you've been before? Well, you know, we as coaches, everyone has their formula. And, and here's what's interesting, Sonny. The, the one thing that I've, lo- I've learned over time, there's no right way and there's no wrong way. Um, you, you just have to be yourself. And, and I've learned, I've changed, frankly, over the course of my career. I've matured. I've had my own children. I've 
frankly, I've probably mellowed out. Um, and so what I try to do, though, is be just who I really am. I don't try to be anyone else. And, and I, I preach to them what I believe. I, I try to sell what I know I can support. I don't promise them things that might happen here. We, we pledge to them what we know will happen. And from there, we just do our best. I've got, um, you know, I've got some folks we know in the business that we trust. I guess that comes with time. Um, I think I'd like to say, Sonny, that some of those folks trust us as well. And that comes with time. And so, you know, they pick up the phone and they call us because we've been doing this a long time. And, and um, they give us the name of a player, too. And, and so that helps us connect the dots. But um, you know, make no mistake, we also we try to outwork as many folks as we can, too. I've got a young man who's a, a player personnel uh, bird dog force. We're going to probably the director of player personnel, or director of scouting, or call it whatever you want. But his name is Andrew Garman, and and let me tell you, he he just outworks you. He he grinds away and he goes and finds these young men for us, and and kind of sets up the table. So it's a collective effort, Sonny. It's no no special sauce. Um, and let me just tell you, sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And by that I mean this: we're not gurus. When I've got a when I connect all the dots and I got a bunch of really good players, well, here's what's crazy: I'm a really good coach that year, Sonny. <laughs> and then and the year, you know, the years that we didn't connect the dots so well and and we don't have a, 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 quite as good a ball players. Well, you know what? I'm an idiot that year. It's, it's just how it works, man. It's the business and how it goes. And speaking of the business, we are talking with Richard Davis. He is the head coach as well as the general manager up there in Bismarck, taking care of the Bucks needs in the CIF. I'm going to ask this to all my coaches because I I think it's important. What do you think the biggest roadblock or challenge or whatever whatever word you want to sneak in there is going to be the uh, thing that you're going to have to work most to either A, improve your team, or B, to get wins, or C, be better in the community. What is the biggest roadblock or your biggest challenge that is? Is it the players who have to, you know, kind of juggle a football life and a work life, or what do you think it is? Well, for us, it's it's um, the four-letter word of time. Um, with me, personally being the GM and head coach well then I've got to do a great job of, of using uh, time I've got to do both of those things well my owners are not employing me to be good at one and not at the other um, so I, I have to learn how to be an excellent uh, manager of time uh, time also applies to our organization uh, on the field we are an expansion team we're going to need a little time to learn the game, uh, the nuances, etc. Um, we need to do a good job of effectively managing time. I don't want to wait around till for eight weeks to so suddenly the light bulb turns on and we know how to play this game. We, we want to do a good job there. Uh, and then lastly, really, I think a key for us is just the essence of the game. We're going to line up our opening game, as an example, is against Sioux City. Um, I mean, Sioux City's been around forever, for God's sake. They've won, they've won all kinds of games. Uh, they're an anchor in indoor football. Uh, Bob Scott has been 
doing this business longer than most people have been alive. I mean, he, they know every every in and out of the game. Um, so we've got to we've got to chase that hard. We've got to catch up on do our work on on the game film, and we've got to learn how to be good football coaches in this game. And then we've got to teach our players to take that and put it on the field and use that knowledge and become good players of this game. Do I think we can? Sure, but it goes back to time. We've got to hurry up and do it in that time frame that we're faced with. And you've got four games with that Sioux City team and the Bandits. couple games against the newly formed team down there a little bit southeast in Kansas City with the Phantom and a couple of games also with the Edge and the Liberty. So And a couple of games with the Ironmen. So you're getting, you're getting the franchise, the new franchises as well as you being the new franchise. And then you got the cornerstone of the league. you got some good stuff headed your way. And uh, like I think you said, I think one of the things I just took from your last response is, is that you're a football team that's going to have to learn quick because of the competition that's headed your way. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and we have, you know, we've tried to be realistic about this. Sonny, we've got some good football players up here, um, um, guys that um, are in our market. However, you know, we're not Kansas City. Um Chris Coffin, they got a whole bunch of good football players that live in and around Kansas yes, City. I get it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some, there's some competitive uh, balance that we got to figure out how to do a good job of. So it, really what we have to do is we don't have the luxury of knowing that we have a bunch of players in our backyard. So we have to do a great job of evaluating the kids that we bring in here and making sure that those are the guys that we think are the right you know, offers and signings. So again, it's just it's part of the process. Each each market has pluses, and each market has has its challenges. And we just have to good do a good job of playing to our pluses and addressing our challenges. He is the head coach and general manager of the newly formed Bismarck Bucks up there in the north. Coach, good luck to you as you go throughout this tough schedule that you have headed up your way. And obviously, good luck to to you as far as wins as well as being a franchise within champions in your football. Well, thank you, Sonny. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on board. I think you're going to be a, a great advocate for our league. And, and um, don't you know, just stay with us. And, and um, if, if I get my paperwork in a little late, you stay on us because we'll get things taken care of, I promise. <laughs> you betcha. I know it is, and it's one of those newly formed things that's kind of working. So thanks for joining us. Now, folks, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show and inside the CIS. When we come back, let's talk to, to the guy that's going to lead this whole league. I'm talking about the commissioner of Champions Indoor Football. It's going to be Ricky Birch. All right, and we are back here. Thanks to... Uh, Richard Davis, the new general manager and head coach of the Bismarck Bucks. Now, before we get to Ricky Burtz, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the news that is out there. Uh, The Bandits are having a player reunion up there in Sioux City. Okay, former Bandits that are attending so far. This happens on February 25th against the Omaha Beef, okay? Uh, There's uh, Nemo Blackburn's going to be there. Uh, John Elder, Nick Hope. Uh, well, he's going to be there because he's going to be on another squad at that time, Nick Hope. Uh, so he'll be there. Uh, Ken Horton, Chad Kapalui, uh let's see, uh, Philip Meehan, Dave Perigo, 
uh, Andy Pulaski, Brian Van Hook, and Jesse, and I'm going to kill this name. Rev, <laughs> Rev Runrick. Rev Runrick. If you know anything about my calls, I know how to botch a name better than anybody in the CIF. That I can have the actual title of. So, uh, so make sure you get to see some of the names that are out there um, and uh, things like that that's happening over in Sioux City. Some good, exciting things that are happening at the Sioux City Bandits uh, right there uh, for that reunion. That should be a lot of fun. And let's go to Syntax as the Calvary are hitting the field. And yes, they're hitting the field with a bang as they are go ahead. They sign a couple of players back in on the 23rd of January. Lionel Coronado as well as Joseph Turner and Darren Ellis a little bit earlier on in this month. As well as Tim Cook, Xavier Jefferson and Ryan Smith, Brian Hicks and Jeremiah Harden. Those are some of the names that have been uh, signed down there at Centex. So a new team as well, uh, trying to get out in front of some things. And so we're going to be talking to them here real soon. Hopefully we can get them up on air. But a new squad of players, so a new team, new coach, and everything else. So uh, they're out there actively getting their roster set for training camp uh, coming up for this 2017 CIF season. And over in Wichita, folks, hey, they want some help with their slogan for this year. Now, they put this out on January 18th, and I haven't heard that they've got the new slogan. You can comment below. If you get on their Facebook page, you can comment on some of the slogans that are out there um, that they want help with from the fans. And it's a good idea. Get out there. Uh, all Forts All the Time is one of the ones that I saw out there. I thought I, myself, that came from David Mitchell. I kind of like that one myself. That one was a good one. Uh, one Force One Family came from Matthew Barnes. Yeah, and here are some other, some good ones here. Winning with Force, a One Mission Full Force, a Force of Nature, and uh, with Strength, with Pride, with Force. So there you go. Uh, it, I, there's another one that's quite easy, Defend the Ship. Um, that one uh, from... Uh, uh, Matthew Barnes as well. Uh, the forces with us, force on the field, and force forward. Uh, so some of those out there for some of the slogans that there, and they haven't made the decision out there. So get down to Facebook and put out your suggestion. Now speaking of the Bucks, they actually had an open tryout as well, just to let everybody know uh, that happened. Looks like uh, yesterday, uh, so they had their open tryouts just like the Texas Revolution. Uh, so lots of things going on there uh, as they had a couple of signings as well. Tyrone Ezel, um, actually his it was his birthday as well. So um, some of the things that happened there, just keeping track of what's going on. Bismarck also they they got a lot of things that they put out in social media get on over to their facebook that's where i get that information out there so uh also uh, as far as other teams now now what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and jump into our interview with the new commissioner of champions indoor football it will be ricky burtz hold on let's get this one up
And welcome back into Inside the CIF here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's the new show. You've already heard from the new guys, from the new franchises that are out there. Chris Coffin from the Kansas City Phantom. You also heard from Richard Davis from the new Bismarck Bucks. Now, keeping it new, keeping it, hey, well, he's been there before. It's almost maybe not the thing to say, but we're going to go ahead and bring in the new interim commissioner of champions indoor football is Ricky Burks. How are you, Rick? I'm doing great, Sonny. I'm doing great. I appreciate the introduction. And uh, you're right, it's kind of new, but it's not new, but different. Well, different because you got probably a little bit more of uh, things to handle at the time. As some things would be handled when you had to take over for Darlene for a little bit. For you know, so you weren't doing it all year. Now you're into it. You're doing it for all year long. Yeah. What was the process of bringing you into uh, Champions Indoor Football as the the commissioner of the CIF? What brought you along? Um, you know, really, Sonny, um, really, I think uh, you talked about Darlene there, you know, uh, once again, fantastic lady, um, very great mentor of mine for so many years in this industry, you know, and uh, ultimately, you know, I mean, uh, Darlene got sick, unfortunately, as she was diagnosed with cancer and was uh, dealing with all those issues, and that's when I stepped on in and assumed the role of the league commissioner handling all that for the, uh, handling that for the league, but ultimately, um, I knew that sooner or later, I was going to have to kind of turn my focus back to my organization. You know, I had some great partners there in Dodge City with Joy and Sean, but, you know, every hour that I'd spend on league stuff would be an hour I'd be taking away from our organization. And so, whether it be working extra hours or Joy and Sean doing things themselves and picking up the slack if I'm working on league stuff, I mean, we just knew it was a matter of time before the season was going to kick off for the 2016 season. It was a matter of time that I couldn't dedicate the amount of time that the league needed from a league commissioner standpoint. And so ultimately it was decided in January of 2016 at our league meetings that uh, Randy Sanders was going to go ahead and take over as the league commissioner. And Randy did a fantastic job for the league as well. But ultimately Randy ran into probably a lot of the similar problems that I did. And I can understand where Randy's coming from. I mean, he owns the team himself and actually uh, moved his team uh is now the uh, Syntex Cavalry, and so there's a whole other set of dynamics as far as it's basically like starting a team from ground zero. The challenges of being a team owner, a general manager, and the commissioner all at once, it just gets to be a lot a lot of time. There's not enough hours in a day, and so uh, I've been talking to Randy for a couple months. I was actually serving a position within the league as the assistant league commissioner, um, and over a period of a couple months, Randy just was talking more and more and said, hey, Ricky, what do you think about this idea? Um, from a time commitment, um, he was wanting to dedicate more time, but again, you only have so many hours in a day, and from a combination of talking to him and talking to the rest of the team owners as well, um, we made the decision to kind of go ahead and move forward and me do this uh, for an entire uh, 2017 season and kind of see where it goes from there. And so far, I think everybody's been really happy. I mean, I'm really happy. Um, we're about to kick off our our season here and, and just a couple of weeks and we're just really excited and kind of excited about the things that we've done and, and one of those things Sonny is you know bringing you on board I mean you've been a tremendous help to me you're kind of like my right hand guy handling stuff at the league office and uh, you kind of see all the work and all the things that go on on running an indoor football franchise or I should say indoor football league Absolutely. I always, I always said I've always wanted to be that fly on the wall, and I'm definitely getting the first hand at that. But 
Uh, it, you, you talked about the league meetings, and there were uh, some a lot of things that were talked about. I sat in on these meetings and learned a lot, also about the business, um, and also a lot about what you can say and what you can't say, when you can say it, when you can't say it. So up to this point, there was a lot of things talked about at the league meetings. What are some of the things that we can put out there for our fans that have been definitely interested in asking a lot of questions? Um, you know, I think that, uh, um, as you know very well, Sonny, I mean, there's some things that we're kind of working on and finalizing. A lot of people asking great questions about what we're doing on various aspects um, in regards to the league, promoting the players, promoting the teams. And I'd say that one thing as a focus we have is we're really going to work on promoting the league for the 2017 season. I mean, we enter the season with 14 teams, and while that makes us the largest indoor football league in the United States, um, we're focused on trying to be the best. And, uh, you know, we had a great season last year. We were able to finish with all the games played by the teams and teams finishing out their season, which that in itself was an accomplishment. But we're kind of looking forward to growing the brand and growing the, uh, the teams and the players within. And there's just some things that we're going to do that. I mean, having you doing this weekly uh, uh, podcast show is going to be great. We're going to have a weekly video highlight show as well, just things that we've never done before that are going to be similar to kind of a level of having a CIF game of the week, you know, and playing the highlights off of that where we can work with our fans, um, making them more educated on other teams in the league, other players, which that in turn is going to help grow the league as well and grow the fan interest on that. And just excited about a lot of things. Unfortunately, as you know, we don't until the uh, ink is dry on the paperwork. There are some announcements that we can't make, but by golly, uh, I'm sure you're going to be doing a fantastic job as well as that video production as well, keeping our fans updated on a weekly basis what's going on in the CIF. Yeah, working working to put that out there, that just takes a, you know some effort to get done. And we, But as actually have been really working at that, looking at the Facebook page, we've been putting all the posts out, and the teams are actually making a dedication to actually doing it and keeping their fans. And as much as we can do it up on a league level, we actually got to throw a lot of responsibility on the teams to have them do the same thing. Absolutely, and I think, you know, I mean, our teams have all kind of made a commitment for that. Uh, we've established some guidelines and some procedures as far as what teams are going to be doing in regards to communication, and I just think it's going to kind of be a natural progression of uh, us growing. Uh, the teams are going to grow themselves, and by the teams growing, that's going to uh, further the growth along to the league. And as you know already, Sonny, we're already reviewing applications and talking to teams for the 2018 season. I mean, Really, after the 2017 season kicks off, after, you know, two, three weeks after that, aside from the playoffs and that format of how that's going to work out, and you and myself as well as other people, we're going to begin working on 2018 because we're kind of set for the 2017 season at that point. So probably, what, mid-March, I think? Probably sound about right. About yeah. mid-March, we'll be, we'll be looking to line up our league meetings and, uh, you know, working stuff and putting things together for what we're going to do the following season. Well, one of the questions I think we can answer, because we talked about it, is uh, voted on and everything at the meetings. Uh, the playoff structure was a big question, because uh, as everybody knows that is involved with this league or knows about this league, we lost a couple of teams. Um, and so it kind of changed the idea of what we were going to do as far as divisions and conferences and things like that. Let people know what we're going to do regarding playoffs, because that was one of the biggest questions that we were going to get. And I think that that's one we can answer. Absolutely. You know, um, great question, by the way. So we have two conferences. We have a northern conference and a southern one. 
Um, there's going to be four teams from each conference that will make the playoffs, and it will be your traditional seeding of number four playing number one, number three playing number two, and then them kind of working themselves out. The, play, uh, the brackets will reset after each round, and uh, with the highest seed based upon the tiebreakers and everything else, we'll ultimately be hosting the championship game of the remaining teams once we get out of the uh, the, uh, the conference winner from the south and the conference winner from the north. So some stuff that we're definitely really excited about, that's for sure. Well, I know there were some questions whether it was going to be eight, whether it was going to be six. The two top seeds uh, were going to get a uh, bye, and the uh, two below that duke it out. What do you think really uh, solidified the idea of having uh, four from each uh, side as far as the conferences in north and south compared to just three? Well, really funny. I think it really comes down to a testament of our league. And any given day, I mean, any given day, and we proved this in the 2016 season. Anybody can beat anybody, and uh, I mean, yes, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, like I know you did the radio broadcast for the Revolution and everything else as well. But I mean, we had uh, we had Amarillo upset the Revolution, and then they actually made their way to the yep. championship game, and it was one heck of a game between those teams, you know. So I think that whenever you have a format in which you can get more of your teams in the playoffs, within a reason. I mean, we don't want 85 percent of the teams making the playoffs. I mean, I love. Uh, basketball and I love hockey as well but I think particularly like with the NBA for example it's not so much about the regular season as it is will come the playoff time that's when the real season starts because so many teams make the playoffs you know that's just my personal opinion I could be wrong on that unless you're like the Golden State Warriors and you're trying to go after like a, a season for setting record wins or something the regular season doesn't matter in some sports whereas with ours it does and on top of that I mean yeah, any given day anybody can win in our league so I think the advantage of you know having a fourth team a fourth team in the playoff hunt instead of like taking the top three from each conference I mean I think we've proven that hey a number four can beat a number one in our league based upon the history and it keeps keeps the fans engaged that much more. It keeps the players that much more hungry in the ball. They throw another spot there. So any given day, anything can happen in the CIF, and that's one of the things that we love about it. I remember two years ago going into week six, the, the, the final two weeks of the season, there were still teams that were on the outside looking in with a shot to maybe get it if it kind of worked out. So it also kept the, the competition out on the field really high as well compared to as if, you, if you're running up against some teams that have kind of made have run out of the year because of win-losses. But man, two years ago, the excitement of what has happened two years ago, I think is where we're at now as we grew on that now moving into now we need something else we got to build it up to keep the fans more interested in the league and keep them coming back i agree with you completely sunny i'll just say firsthand you know i mean um as uh joy and sean i'll tell you with me being involved with dodge city i mean there's a chance we could have been the number one seed going in the last two weeks or just missing the playoffs entirely and um, it came down for us that last game and everything else determined, hey, we're going to be at home for the playoffs. We're going to be out. What's going to happen? I mean, and so absolutely, it, it creates a lot of excitement. And I think that, you know, I think we have a really good model as far as how everything's built in regards to the, the competition amongst the teams and everything. And we've kind of continued to build on that. And I think that's going to be the same that's going to happen for this year as well. And I know that our uh, I know that our players are excited, the coaches are excited, and ultimately the fans are excited as well. So it makes it for a very exciting uh, exciting time, I mean, exciting sport for us, and we're just kind of really ready to build on that. 
some of the questions that we can take a look at probably because there's nothing set in stone. Uh, we knew at one point we had 16 teams this year. We lost two teams and the speculation about what had happened, all that part is irrelevant more so now that we're going into the league. Now dropping down to 14. Well, funny though, but, I, um, but, I think, but I think though, Sonny, I mean, let's just touch base on that for just a little bit though, you know, or just sure. a few minutes. I mean, people that have been around this for a while. Um, you know, if you're going to have, I mean, sometimes making the right decision isn't always the easiest decision, you know, and uh, um, sometimes you have to make decisions based upon your your uh, your guidelines, your, your rules, your procedures, your standards, and everything that you have, and I think that anybody would tell you you're better off, we're better off starting with 14 solid teams and finishing with 14 teams like we did for the 2016 season and be starting off with a couple of question marks for some things that aren't clear or aren't lined out or aren't followed. Whenever we deviate from our rules and our standards and our guidelines, when we deviate from that, that's whenever we create problems and issues for ourselves. So yeah. I'm just happy that, I'm happy that it, it wasn't the easiest decision, but we made the decisions we need to as a league to move forward. I'm happy with what we did. Hey, I was talking to uh, the head coach and general manager of the Bismarck Bucks about that. You, you got a bad situation. Now it's time to try to turn it out. Now there's two spots that may be open, may not, depending on what we get as far as interest. And obviously, when you look at the expansion committees that we got going on, taking a look at what teams would work out really good for the areas and what we're getting as far as interest. Let people know a little bit about that process on how Champions Indoor Football takes a look at bringing in maybe a team from a different league that may decide to go out or a brand new franchise. Well, I think that, you know, ultimately, um, I mean, it's easy for us. Um, we are trying to be a regionalized league. Um, and while we have grown, maybe some of our, our uh, growth might not be as regionalized as what has been in the past, but we've been able to bring on some fantastic partners. I mean, I mean you're talking about here, uh, the Bismarck Bucks organization, phenomenal organization. We're lucky to have them within the league. And then now we have uh, Terrence and his group in uh, West Michigan as well. So we've, we've grown some, and we've identified markets and areas that we can talk to teams that are kind of maybe back still or still in some of those gaps. And, you know, Sunny, we're already talking to a, a couple of teams that have expressed an interest in the 2018 season. You know, I mean, ultimately, I mean, our goal will be, as we discussed at league meetings, our goal is going to be, I mean, we'll be capping the number of teams that we're going to have, and we're really close to that cap. So what it's going to do is, hey, I mean, we're going to think really long, really hard before we vote in a team. We're not going to grow just for the sake of growth. I mean, we want to grow We want to grow in a smart way, a way that identifies great owners that have a good, solid business plan. They fit what we're doing geographically or from a market standpoint. And so, I mean, yeah, when we've only got a handful of spots left before we cap the number of teams, um, we're going to be a lot more reflective or a lot more thorough on the decisions that we make in regards to expansion. But, I mean, hey, you're going to be in on some of those discussions, and you already know some of the teams we're talking to firsthand. So whether that comes from a, a, an existing team in another league, if that comes from a brand-new expansion team altogether, whatever it might be, um, we're going to kind of, like, make those decisions and weigh out uh, hey, what's best for the league, what's best for us, and uh, I think our partners in the CIF are going to make the decision on what's best overall for everybody, and just really excited about the growth that we have going on right now. I thought that was interesting how you put the 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 uh, 
the what we do. I mean, as commissioner, as director of operations, our job is just to take a look at what's going on, refer to something, and follow through to it. It's more of the team effort that we're getting from the teams within the league that helps run the league and helps it get to where it can be popular as well. Our job is just to kind of steer it a little bit just to make sure that everything is being done correctly. Um, I agree with you completely. I mean, we are extremely fortunate, extremely lucky to have um, the quality of people working within the CIF based upon experience, different backgrounds, different business philosophies coming from different areas of business. And also, too, I mean, even like some of the new teams that come on in, different approaches, different ways of doing things as well. And I think all those differences, I mean, all those things, that that's what makes us unique or helps us to enjoy the success that we have because we'll all come together and make groups to collectively as a, as a whole, and then we'll, we'll go out and we'll implement those. Now, yeah, I mean, hey, as a league front office, we'll kind of take the direction and the guidance from them, but it sure is nice to be able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody who might have a, an excellent background in marketing or a background in insurance or whatever else it might be. It's all those uh, us working collectively as a group. It's, it's just a nice resource for not only me to have, for you, but for everybody else within the league to have as well. Taking a look at the new season that's coming up, 2017, three new teams coming in there. What, what's your hopes for uh, champions indoor football as they move forward and maybe in a couple of years uh, down the road? You know, I mean, I think that, Sonny, you know, I mean, our ultimate goal is to have franchises that have the long-running success, such as, like, the Sioux City Bandits. They've been playing for... I mean, they're in decades now. Same with the Omaha yep. Beef and everything else. I mean, that's what we want. Um, I mean, we don't want franchises to come in and play for one year and then turn around and leave. I mean, we had that with uh, the Chicago Eagles last year. You know, I mean, now granted, they fulfilled all their commitments and it's just something that didn't work out for them. But uh, I think that's ultimately our goal. And hopefully these three new franchises, um, uh, with them coming on in, they will help us build that for the longevity and the stability of the league. Because, um, I mean, fans want to know the teams that they're playing in, or who is it this year, or, um, hey, what league did other teams come from this year? I mean, our fans want consistency, and I think we're working on establishing that and building that within the league. How do you talking just really quick, folks? We're talking to the interim commissioner of Champions Indoor Football. It is Ricky Burt. Talking about teams that come there, they got to make some adjustments, don't they? We, we kind of know a little bit about the background of the other leagues that are going out there, but there's got to be some adjustments for them to go from that league to maybe ours. How do you think teams handle that I, in a positive way, negative way? Um, you know, more so for their future because of what they're putting out on the football field. They've got fans to answer to, too. Um, you know, I'd agree with you. And, like, I mean, rather than kind of talking in some generalities, like, we'll specifically talk about, uh, we'll talk about the West Michigan Ironmen. Um, you know, they, uh, they played in another league. Um, that league is no longer around, and people know about the history of that league. And, uh, you know, they were a very successful franchise that was played and operated in that league. And so uh, yep. for us, to get somebody that, uh, um, I mean, they were in the playoffs. They were successful. They did great at marketing. They had good attendance numbers. Um, Terrence and his group that he works with, I mean, they did a fantastic job running their team within the league with some of the restraints or the restrictions that they had with some of their, with some of their um, opponents or playing partners. And so I think, uh, I mean, really what we're doing is uh, 
we're attracting kind of like the best out of that league to come play with us is ultimately what happened and how it worked out. So um, I think that bringing somebody like him on board um, with the experience that he has and the, the passion, the desire, the business passion that he has, I think this actually helps add to our league, you know. I mean, there are some differences. There are some changes. I mean, he was there at league meetings in Dallas with us along with his coach and just trying to, like, network and understand who's who, putting uh, faces and names of people on the phone and everything else. But, you know, I mean, we've probably had, I don't know, a dozen, maybe even 20 uh, conference calls ever since they were voted in as a member of the uh, the league. And so everybody was already familiar with him and things that he brought to the table, ways that he helped us and everything. Um it was just us putting a face to the name and actually seeing the guy in person versus over the telephone. But um, I think attracting quality teams like him, um, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to degrade any other league or anything like that, but we pulled in a guy that, we pulled in an organization that was extremely successful. They were successful because they did a lot of the things correctly of how you have to do with this business. This business isn't an easy one, but uh, we were able to attract a basically a high-talent organization to come play in our league, and uh, it was very evident to us that hey, is this is somebody we could target or talk to um, from the very early stages because of how they were operating and running their business, even though they were in another league. And for us, I think he's going to add uh, add to what we do in our league, and he's going to help us with any, any other new teams that might come on in. I mean, we'll ask Aaron, hey, what are some things that went really well with you transitioning from the AIF to what do we need to do better on for bringing in new teams or existing teams? How are ways that we can make this process even better and more streamlined to where we can actually get them acclimated to what we're doing and bring them on board that much quicker? And he's been fantastic working with us doing all that. Yeah, he has. Folks, we've been talking to the interim commissioner of Champions Indoor Football. People want to know why the interim is in front of it. What's going on with the interim? I, I, I kind of been telling folks, you know, it, it's interim because, you know, it, we got to see how the things go and, and where the success of the league is and what kind of job we do. We got we got a job performance just like everybody else, I imagine, right? Um, that's what it comes down to, Sonny, but I think that, hey, I think it's best for both parties involved. I mean, there's an awful lot of time that goes into making this happen. This isn't something that, hey, oh, yeah. we work an hour on a week or something. There's a lot of time that goes into it. Um, and I think that ultimately, hey, we want to make it We want to make it a fit. You know, I mean, I a lot of people within the league, um, I consider friends and everything else. I still communicated with them once I was no longer involved. Um, but, you know, I mean, hey, we're going to just kind of see how everything kind of plays out for this year. You know, I'm really excited to be back in the business and working with people and helping people. Um, and I think that's a that's a two-way street. It's a win-win for both of us. But, you know, I mean, Sonny, we'll kind of really look at that later on in the year to see, hey, is this something we want to continue to do? Are we happy with the direction that things are going? And just see where it takes us from there. So I'm not really uh, I'm not really caught up on the title or anything like that. Uh, just enjoying being in the business and enjoying what's happening within the league. And we'll evaluate it a couple months from now and see where we're at then. Join us in a week or two when those announcements that we're working on uh, become public. Will, will you be able to join us when, uh, Join us in a couple of weeks when the announcements that we're talking about that we haven't been able to announce, will you be able to come back up online with us and talk about those uh, announcements? Uh, Sonny, I think that uh, you know how to get a hold of me more than anybody, um, so I think that we're able to make that happen, not only for the league, but for our fans as well. We're definitely, I mean, you know there's a lot of things that we're working on that um, we want to have done and out and lined up here. And there's a lot of things that are going to be happening within the next, just this week alone, that we're really excited about. 
So, yes. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll be bringing back on the commissioner of Champions Indoor Football here on the new show here. That will kind of give you an idea. We'll be talking about things within the league. It is inside the CIF here with Sonny Clark. That's going to do it for our edition here today. Again, keep your eyes and ears open here for the next couple of weeks or a week and a half. We'll get back up on the air and we'll start announcing some other good things and bring you more guests here of the teams in the CIF. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Everybody have a good one. Bye-bye.